Welcome everyone to the What to Drink podcast with your host, Connor Taylor and producer, Bobby Deason. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's Connor Taylor with the What to Drink podcast and Bobby D. Bobby, how you feeling? I am feeling great. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great because we uh, not only have one glass of wine in front of us, but a bonus two glasses because today we are drinking Sonoma Couture Rosé of Pinot Noir and also Russian River Valley Pinot Noir with the winemaker herself. I'm going to try her name again. Sidanelia, I said, yeah, come on. I love it. <laughs> or how did I do? Or we call we everyone calls you Z, right? Yes, actually, you did one of the best efforts I ever heard. So, what? Congratulations! What? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that. that's all. That's all the time we have for today. I just got a compliment, <laughs> so we just shut it down. <laughs> Leave off on top. Yep. <laughs> Leave on a high note. <laughs> Z, we're so excited uh, to have you here with us today. I know we're uh, gearing up to kind of your busy season. Harvest starts, or, you know, all the responsibilities starts, start pretty soon. So thank you for carving out. And she's on vacation to boot, and she jo- yes. she's joining us via Zoom. So thank you so much for being here today. Of course. <laughs> so we are drinking rosé first. We'll do a little rosé, and then we're going to do a little Pinot Noir. And, and I'm going to start sipping on this while I ask you a question. The first one being, what was kind of your, you know, what's your history? What was your aha moment when you realized that, hey, you know, wine is the thing for me? Well, um, I grew up in Argentina, in Mendoza, so wonderful wine region. I was very exposed to um, wine and vines. Um, so just just the the place, right, always call for um the wine industry and it, it, but it catched my attention when I was finishing high school, actually, that I had the fortune to meet one of my best fr- um, girlfriends and um, her grandfather, actually, he was a great, great winemaker. So sometimes they will invite me to have lunch with them. And it was just amazing to see the passion that he had while talking about wine and all the places he had visited. And it just sounded wonderful. I always loved the art. Um, So I was a very artistic into drawing and design and all those things, but I felt always that it was not something um, that I wanted to do like full time. And I just love that passion that, that it just came out of him. And if he was talking about his job, so I felt like, you know, this is something that I really want to explore. I want to just know what it's behind making wine, which at, until that point, I knew the industry and everything, but not um, how much science was behind. And so when I started investigating, I just fell in love with the wine industry and wine making specifically. That's incredible. So, yeah. yeah. And I got to say, so you were talking about um, the passion he had when we came to visit you actually a few weeks ago <laughs> and you hosted us out on uh, the Sonoma Couture, uh, the, I don't know what you would call that room, the veranda overlooking the croquet courts, which, yeah. Was, but the passion was spilling from you um, of talking about, you make the reds for Sonoma Couture, you make the, the, 
Pinot Noir, several Pinot Noirs, and the Rosé. And yeah, um, it was palpable, the passion you have for it, and it's showing in these wines. I, I do. Um, that's a, a comment that I get all the time. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm very great um, of having that because that's, that was from the beginning, my goal. It was to be passionate about what I do, um, be wanting to be talking about wine, even in my vacations. <laughs> So, um, because it's part of me, it's, it's, it goes beyond of being my job. So I truly, truly enjoy what I do. And I have a full connection with, um, the product, the people that I work with, and it's something fun and exciting for me, um, to be sharing with, with everyone. So I'm, I'm glad, um, you, you got that and that passion from that visit. Oh yeah. It was, a, it was a great time, a great host. I've got to ask you, so you're an, you're from Argentina, which Malbec, you know, being the bigger, and there goes some Pinot. Are you a Pinophile? Yes. How did you, are, how did you make the switch to being Pinophile. a Pinophile? <laughs> yeah. Well, well. It out for everyone, make sure they don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> mixed up with anything. Pinophile. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pronunciation is key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trouble with that. Trouble in a podcast. Well. <laughs> Yeah, actually, in Argentina, yes. Um, in Argentina, thank you. Um, it's I never got the chance to work with Pinot Noir. Um, most of the Pinot Noirs are grown in the southern uh, part of Argentina. So um, cooler climate, beautiful Pinot Noirs. I work with multiple red varieties and white varieties, Torrontes being the, um, this, the big white variety for Argentina. Um, but never got the chance to work with Pinot Noir. So I was very, very excited when I came to California. And actually, one of the first tasks was actually the first um, time that I worked with a more known Californian variety was with um, Sinfandel, Red Sinfandel. And that was a challenge to get used to um, a new variety, a new style, a new flavor. Sometimes it takes some time. And I, I, I like to take that time to fully appreciate the variety and, and taste it and get to know it. Um, then the second one was Pinot Noir, this, another variety that I've never got the chance to work in, in Argentina. And uh, my boss at the time, it was his favorite right? Um, Pinot Noir. And we used to um, make Pinot Noir from Santa Maria. So a little more coastal. Um, it was his favorite variety. And that was one that he made very clear. I could not mess up. Right. <laughs> that, that was my, my high bar, right? I, I needed to be able to make his everyday drink perfect. Yeah. Which is a hard, so, time, by the way, because Pinot Noir is one of the harder grapes to grow, right? It's more finicky, right? It is. It's hard to um, work from from the vineyards. Um, there's other varieties with tougher skins that um, you can grow in multiple regions and it will give you different styles, but you, you can grow it like Chardonnays, like Cabernets, Merlots. Um, they're more flexible. With Pinot Noir, no, it's a different story. Um, you have a much limited um areas where you can grow it and it'll be great, right? Um, different styles, but even in the production, when we bring Pinot Noir, um, you have to be very, very connected with the wine, with the region and, and treat it the way it wants to be treated. So then the results, it's, um, it's, it's a better result um, in the wine. It's really good. I'm tasting the rosé right now, which is rosé of Pinot Noir. 
Yes. Um, and what I really, I, re- I think I remarked, uh, I'm sure you remember everything I said on the patio. Everyone was just eating up my uh, my comments. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I, it's a very refresh. It's one of the most refreshing rosés I've ever had. And it kind of reminds me of a Sauvignon Blanc in a tiny way. There's like a kind of a grapefruit um, kind of tropical note as well, which makes it double refreshing, which is good because it's like 100 degrees in Atlanta <laughs> most days. <laughs> So how does this, does, how would that compare, how would you say it compares to other, I don't other know, rosé rose is such a broad category, but you know, but yeah, how does it, it kind of compare to other rosés? Actually, you nailed it. Um, I've been, well, not just me tasting, but tasting with others also, <laughs> this rosé, and, and I always get the same reaction um, of um, people is just very intrigued and it, it, it brings a lot of joy when you try it because it's a very, very expressive um, style of rosé. As you said, it's very refreshing. So I guess it, it's like when I talk about the process of making this rosé, you get that by taking those steps the way we did, we were able to end up with the result that we got. So it, it, it was everything planned. Um, and I think that's how you designed a, a wine, right? Of course, things in with um, the weather being different and everything, we have to do different things um, to achieve the same results year after year. But um, you need to establish the style before you start making the wine. And that's what we did with this rosé. So we picked um, blocks from our Pinot Noir vineyards specifically for rosé. We treat them for rosé, so a little higher yields. We pick very early. So all the acidity that you're tasting and this very refreshing rosé, it's natural. I don't have any need to add any acid um, because we pick so early where the flavors are developed, but your acid's still high. So the end result, it's much more balanced and more elegant. But then we get the very expressive notes of um, a Californian Pinot Noir, right? So the the method and how we make it, it's very delicate, very traditional. It goes direct to um, press. We let it macerate for a few hours when it comes to the winery to extract some of the color, but then it's very protective, right? We're able to ferment at very low temperature. So we, instead of getting those intense red berry aromas and flavors that you will get with a Pinot Noir, we're actually achieving more citrusy and tropical notes, which makes it very different and, and very young. So, um, but then you, you try it, right? And when you try it, you feel that it has some impression in your palate. It lingers and it stays there. It has a big presence, although it's very refreshing. So I think that makes it very different because it's a wine that it's very elegant, it's dry, um, it's very pleasant, it has a high acidity, and with having all those fun notes, still it's very elegant. So I, I love it. I truly, truly enjoy it, and I enjoy sharing with everyone. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think the one thing that kind of sets it apart because what we don't always realize is some people just make rosé as an afterthought, right? They're making other things and they, you know, uh, saigne or whatever, or you're just kind of, you're not, you, you're you growing grapes and then, oh, let's use these for, for the main cuvee and, then, oh, let's use these for rosé. But that's kind of cool that you guys specifically set these, you know, this vineyard apart or whatever, these rows apart. These are going to be the Pinot Noir rosé grapes. That's really cool. 
It's like what you yeah. said, establish the wine before you start to grow the wine. What influences you to make a particular kind of wine or a, a particular type of a profile for a rosé? Well, I had the opportunity to work with rosés um, when I um, went to France. So I went to the south of France and I got the chance to, and I'm saying like working with rosé, I was like cleaning the tanks, making the additions <laughs> the winemaker told me to do. Right. Um, so it's not, I, I was not the winemaker at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but in one of those times in being in, uh, in an internship in, in the southern part of France um, with really big um, wineries and cooperative um, type of wineries, um, seeing all the different styles of um, rosé, this is how they made the rosé. And I, I, I remember like having a lineup of all the different juices and, and this um, winery had like um, three more wineries and we had almost like a celebration where we will all bring like the best rosé of the season, right? And there was this competition. And again, I remember tasting so many rosés from the Provence area and just falling in love with that um, dry style. So when the opportunity came to Cinema in 2016, um, I knew uh, the the style that I wanted, but I knew that um, being California, it was not going to be the same. So in in some um, area, I got um, very happily surprised um, with the product, the intensity that we were able to achieve. And as I said, without losing that elegant style that I think it was um, done very purposely, um, by making the decisions that we did um, to make this rosé. Um, and again, it was it, it, when I get asked like, okay, what this rosé brings to you? And it, it truly brings joy. It's a really fun um, wine. And I think everyone is enjoying it. I think there's a lot of great comments um, um, from the rosé. So it's not just me. It's people truly um, getting the style and, and knowing that, yes, it's, it's different. It's special. So I like that. I love cool. it. And and the um, the last thing to touch on, maybe for the rosé, is the direct press. Which you you talk about south of France, and that's a you know popular method there. What um, could you explain direct press just quickly to mm-hmm. our millions of podcast listeners? Right. So <laughs> may, maybe some will know already. <laughs> yeah. um, so direct to press, it's uh, something that. Um, we use a lot to make sparkling wines as well. Um, it's a very gentle process because um, in some, um, with, with whites, we will go with whole clusters and it goes direct to press. So you get a very gentle extraction of the juice, no harsh tannins or anything hard going into the juice. So for rosé, we have a portion that goes um, direct to press. So it has a very minimal time in contact with the skins. We have to destem. Um, so remove the stems and go with some whole berry. Um, with some batches, we let them macerate to extract the color because if we don't do that, then you'll be getting a blanc de noir. So um, no color, right? Um, Pinot noir grapes, all the colors in the skins. So you need some time in contact, but um, we don't go through any 
um, hard process because we're truly trying to make sure that we won't extract any harsh tannins or anything like that. We are only looking for flavors and the color. So a few hours, depending on the vintage, and it goes straight to our press. So for making it over in the Pinot Noir, we only have a basket press, very small, very gentle, and it produces great, great rosés as well. I love it. Well, um, let's let's pivot over to the Pinot Noir now, because now I'm thirsty for some Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. And and you're saying so, you know, you've got your specific vineyards for rosé, and then you've got your your just Pinot Noir, uh, Russian River Valley grapes. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about just uh, the Russian River Valley, Sonoma Couture, Pinot Noir, and I know I I always like uh, talking in emojis. Is there any way you could describe this wine? You thought you were just about to be describing a wine, but I need it all in emojis because I'm a geriatric millennial, uh, so I... (laughs) I know a little bit, I know enough about technology just to know about emojis. So could you explain it to me that way? Yes. So first of all, I will start just to define, okay, it's a red wine. So we'll get the red glass, of course. So it's it's prepping you Um, already. We need red berries. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll have the cherries right there and a raspberry, of course. Um, If I was talking about the rosé, I'll put a little strawberry instead. Okay. And um, this one, we don't have any earthiness. So let's forget about the mushroom. We won't place that one in here. Um, but we have some spices. So maybe a clove or something like that. So we'll have that that spicy note. And of course, we have some cola um, and some vanilla that it's coming from um, the aging in barrels. So we'll have just the vanilla ice cream. Um, to define the vanilla and maybe um, some like little can or like little bottle of cola. Yes, well and done. to finish up, we'll have some applauses and party <laughs> going on at the end. Yes, yes. That was probably our most elaborate emoji discussion. So well done. I've got to agree. We're going to add, <laughs> let's add in the standing ovation. And, uh, yes. Right now. That was really good. <laughs> I like the vanilla ice cream. No one, um, cause you know, some people use Oak. I haven't heard that one yet. That's great. I love it. Yeah. It's hard to think about like the emoji that will, will match that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're pretty good at it. I think it's easy for you. I might have to tap into you to describe some other things as well with emoji. <laughs> great. Um, you're right. I think my favorite thing for Sonoma, Pinot in general, my favorite descriptor is, is cherry Coke is what I always say. And because mm-hmm. it's yes. got cherry and that cola. And, um, that's, I think very, to me is very unique to, if you were blind tasting, I go, Oh, that's it tastes like Sonoma or Russian river. Yes. Have you noticed yes. that anywhere else? I have only, I only really, I get it the most from California and I wonder why, I don't know. <laughs> Well, what, something that I, I share a lot is um, one comment that I got um, from one of my um, distributor visits, um, I think, and one lady came um, next to me and she said, like, you know, every time that I try some Agatrere um, Pinot Noir, it's just, I know it's a great representation of Russian River Valley. And that truly um, made me so happy and proud just because that's that's our goal also with our red, right? With our Pinot Noir is to truly show the place where it grows. So it's not about 
us is not about the winemaker or our style. Um, of course, we have something to do with it, <laughs> but um, it's mostly about the grapes and the region where it grows. And in um, my job is to make sure it gets well represented in in the bottle. Right? We have the fortune to um, work with in a great region for Pinot Noir. We have two wonderful ranches that um, produce great grapes that people it's looking after for months and months. So we have this job of just making the best with the fruit that we're giving um, and, and that it's being treated with so much care for so long. So um, we're able to express that in, in our Pinot Noirs, but that's spiciness that comes from our Ausley vineyards, where you have more depleted soils, where you get some of the ocean influence and you get the spices and those refined tannins. And then you get the full fruit, the cola and the cherries coming from the Vine Hill, a little, a different neighborhood here in um, Russian River Valley, where you get more sun exposure, um, warmer days. So a little more robust. And then by blending both into our Russian River Valley, we get this beautiful expression where you get the best of the two different sites. So, yeah. Hey, hey, Bobby, remember we were talking about that passion spilling out? <laughs> yeah, there we have it right there. <laughs> Exhibit A. Uh, <laughs> no, this wine is really, really good. So I've got a couple rapid fire questions for you. What are we? What what song am I pairing? If I'm gonna uh, karaoke, which we call karaoke with a, a bottle of wine, if I've chosen this bottle, what what song am I singing to this wine? Or okay, wine? So, okay. So I have two. So I have one for the rosé, and I have one for the red. Um, so for the rosé, and I'm, I, I'm blasting this one every and when it came out. Of course, now it's we're a little behind. Uh, but I kept like blasting it because to me, when I hear this song is Rosé at Time and it's um, Watermelon Sugar by Hairstyles. I'm like, my kids sing it. We're like crazy about this song. And it's just, it talks about just having so much fun and, and, and just the color and some of the expression that we get in the fermenter. It's, it's that song. Yeah. So, but now with our Pinot Noir, I'll have to say is I got you under my skin and I will go either classic with Sinatra or um, I will go with Tony Bennett and Gaga. I love Gaga. Yeah. So that one, just to give it a twist, um, really fun and flirty song. And I'm always coming home. Right. And maybe next day I have to go work, but it, 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 it just, it comes to my mind. It's very classy. It's flirty. And I'm really trying to not to not have a glass, but I have to have it. So <laughs> it always I think about the song. <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, Bobby, could we afford the rights to these songs? What's our, remind me, what's our podcast budget again? Ooh, uh, we'll, we'll just see what we can get away with. Yeah, there we go. I was just $13, but I think we're just going to do it anyway. We need these playing behind you when we're talking about these. Sure. At least for the internal, we can probably maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, so I'll just sing them uh, very gently in the background for a little bit. Those are great answers again, don't you think, Bobby? Yeah, yeah. Totally killed it. I love it. 
Um, okay, one more, maybe, maybe, uh, no, no guarantees, there might be more. What Netflix or streamable show are you watching, are you uh, pairing with this? That was a hard one. It is. Just because I, I pretty much don't watch anything in Netflix. I just don't have the time. So my recommendation will be, um, you need to send me like, what are your favorites? But... <laughs> Always invite someone, just uh, put pause in your Netflix and go out um, or invite some friends over and just enjoy a great glass of our wines, um, spend more time with people. That would be my answer. Oh, I love it. I love it. So ditch. So don't watch, don't stream. Anything. Ditch Netflix <laughs> for a moment. Yes, I think that's great. <laughs> if anyone ever has a chance to go to Sonoma Coutre, it is beautiful there. You've got... Um, You've got a great workplace uh, you get to hang out in every day. It's yes, great. yes, I'm very fortunate. What is real quick? I I did notice. I'm going to show the bottle here. Um, there is that little equal sign in between Sonoma and Coutre. I never noticed Ooh. that. Do we know what is? What's the deal with that? I I don't know that one. I couldn't figure it out yet. Yeah, I know yeah. we have it, but I don't know. And, and many times we always have to have it in our, our, our label. So, but I'm, I'm going to fail you on that one. Okay. Um, okay. Get me more wine questions. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, well, I do want to know if you were, uh, let's say it's your last supper, you have uh, committed a heinous crime and tonight's your last night on earth. Um, I don't know what your crime is. You can, you can oh, that if you, that's optional to tell us. Um, so it's your last night on earth. What's your last supper? This wasn't on my list. I apologize. Um, what what wine would you have as your last meal? And you can tell us the meal if you like as well. Ooh. Okay. Um, so first of all, I'll grab the one that I I, I love to to drink, and um, I think it pairs well with almost everything. And that would be a sparkling. Um, we're about to release um, our rosé sparkling so i will grab that bottle i i I, okay i had a preview (laughs) of that one so i know it's great um so i'll take that i'll I'll take a quite a good amount of bottles right i'm gonna be alone so yeah yeah. you say case if you want yeah yeah (laughs) a case or maybe more who knows um (laughs) And then food, pretty much I can have anything, but I, I guess since I love seafood, I will get some ceviche um, and, and it'll pair great with sparkling. So I, I'll get ceviche and then I'll have my sparkling and, and um, I'm good. You know what? I, I'll go to the gallows with you um, if I can join that meal. I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll say I was your partner in crime and they can... Whatever you're like guilty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was me. I swear it was me. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Um, these wines are fantastic. Uh, what? Any final thoughts, Bobby? Um, no. I just was wondering. I was uh, this uh, rosé. It's blood orange. You said, or it has. Yes, it has some blood orange. I can also also find some like hibiscus flower on that one. Mm. And some tropical notes as well. Um, so it has those citrusy, citrusy notes, but it's um, 
some people like while it's fermenting, I get some tamarind. Um, and then that transitions into more of a hibiscus flower. So again, very tropical, but very refreshing, some cranberry. It's amazing um, for Thanksgiving dinners. It's great. So it's, I know it's cold out, but um, just that cranberry and it's so refreshing. It just goes really great. But yes, um, there's some blood orange bowl. So very nice. Yeah, these would both be great at Thanksgiving. Good, great acidity, good flavors that complement everything. That's um, oof, making me hungry. Oh well, <laughs> well Z, thank you so so much uh, to join us for joining us on your vacation. You know, on the West Coast uh, Pacific time, and uh, you could be anywhere, but you're here with us, or you have been here with us. So thank you for joining us so much. And I'm excited to uh, sip on a little more of these wines uh, while I've got them in front of me. So thank you for making them, and thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, hey, guys, we're going to do a new segment called The Key Three. These are the three things that we uh, really could use, good tidbits of information, really what set, sets the wines apart. So Z is going to help us out for the rosé first and then the Russian River Pinot Noir. So Z, what would be the key three selling points for the rosé? Okay, so first of all, we have to talk about the variety. So it's 100% rosé of Pinot Noir, uh, a expensive varietal. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, we have to talk about how it's being made. This is being uh, made, selected for rosé. So it talks about the style, very traditional, that produces a really beautiful balance acidity, very exotic fruit, very tropical um, Pinot Noir, great style um, rosé of Pinot Noir. So there you go. Yeah, that's perfect. Picked early, all those things to inform the style and a really good value. Because, you know, Pinot Noir grapes are expensive, which leads us to our next key three for the Russian River Pinot Noir. What would you say for this wine? So we got to talk about the region um, being grown in the Russian River Valley, which is a prime region for great Pinot Noirs. So it talks about the style that you will be able to get and that we are able to achieve in those bottles. So it's a very classic 100% Pinot Noir. Um, so classic style, beautiful structure, easy to drink, but very elegant. And of course, we've got to talk about the value um, from this region, Pinot Noir. You, you cannot beat the price. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. We're under, I think we're under $30 or so. So yes. that's great. Thank you so much, Z, for helping us out. Sure. And I'll see you same time next month. That's Nova Cutrea, right? For <laughs> in a month. <laughs> no, thanks so much for joining us. And now we are for real cut. Yeah.